Welcome to the Underground, unlocking alternative journeys to health with host Kelly Richardson. Over the next hour, you're going to hear from the experts of bioenergetic kinesiology and clients who have experienced success with this modality. Now, here is Kelly. Welcome to the Underground. I'm your host, Kelly Richardson. I'm the owner of the Richardson Center for Learning and Wellness in Janesville, Wisconsin, where we provide services for people with concussions, trauma, allergies, learning issues, and those with aches and pains. I share a passion to teach others about bioenergetic kinesiology. One way I plan on doing this is bringing in leaders in my field, as well as clients, to tell their personal stories on the show. You can reach me at kellyrichardson.us, or you can call the office at 608-563-5202. This week, we are going to be hearing from Orla Brady. Orla is the holder of a Master's in Science in Applied Psychology with a focus on mental health and psychological therapies. She has excelled as a research assistant, conducting a pivotal evaluation of counseling and complementary therapies at a stress management center in the north of Ireland. Orla is currently pursuing a Gestalt Theory training program, and her commitment to the professional growth is unwavering. Orla has successfully established and managed a kinesiology practice and training school, showcasing her expertise in holistic therapies. Her global studies and experiences have further enriched her proficiency in kinesiology with a unique blend of academic acumen and practical application. Orla is dedicated to advancing mental health and well-being. Orla, welcome to the underground. Hello, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming all the way from the north of Ireland. Yes. <laughs> so I met, I met Orla in Bellingham, Washington, during one of our classes called Stress Indicator Point Systems. And I think it was for the bio and the water portion of it. And we got to be good friends there. So I thought I would have her on the show because she has unique perspectives in the mental health field that I don't normally practice in. So I thought I'd give our listeners a chance to hear and get some good information from Orla. Yeah, I'm excited. Do you have, uh, so in your field, what got you started in this field? Because it's not a normal field that people go into. Yeah, I I got started, Kelly, I think it was back in 1998. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, in actually in 1989, I actually went into the psychology field. And whenever I was sort of uh, learning and practicing and training as a psychologist, I always felt like there's something sort of a little tiny bit missing. What's missing? I had this curiosity when I was working with people. Okay, there seems to be something I'm not grasping or I'm not getting. So that was my introduction into thinking there must be more than just working with, let's say, for example, a talking therapy. So uh, my curiosity led me somehow to, an, a, back in the day, the advertisements for courses, do you remember, were these little small advertisements in a newspaper. And I just happened to find this little tiny small 
a advertisement that Touch for Health Kinesiology was starting up. And I think that was uh, 1996. So I jumped at the chance uh, of this Touch for Health course, as you know, Touch for Health 1 to 4. And as Touch for Health is, it's just life-changing. And the minute that I got involved with Touch for Health, then everything about the way I work changed. I just love Touch for Health. So once I had my foundation complete, I actually then uh, jumped straight into Stress Indicator Point System with Ian Stubbings. And I started, I'm going to say, accidentally opening a clinic in 1998. Was that the one in Enniskillen? And that was the one in Rusley, this very small little rural village. Do you remember I had said my grandmother had passed over and she had left me her home. And I was to um, sort of do this home up. And during the process of doing the home up, I was doing case studies for kinesiology. And the minute that uh, people heard that there was this discipline called kinesiology starting then it just basically took over from that point and of course we know that kinesiology is just once you are in it and you understand it you know most people really love it or what it can provide for us in our life so um that's basically how I got started so what kind of um Pay or clients do you usually see and um, serve in your community? Okay, so starting back then, Kelly, what I started off with, I, I think you and I talked about it when you're here as well, we have the, the GAA football. And I actually started very much, the foundation of my clinical practice was sports injuries. And I really enjoyed that, you know, uh, but we as, all start with sports injuries, yeah. don't we? <laughs> it's uh, yes. the easy one. <laughs> yeah. And and then again, my curiosity kicked in again and went, hold on a second. I think I'm missing something again. And then that just really evolved into then working with the emotions and moving into the mental health field. And I think at that time, uh, one of the biggest reasons for that was I had a personal loss with an extremely good friend who decided to, you know, not continue on with his life. And it took me into the deep um, feelings of grief. So it caught me in such a way that I wanted to know more about this area. And that then I think was the driving force to find out What's going on here? What goes on for people? How do I learn more about this? And I think that was the actual driver into the arena of adult mental health. What have you found as some of the themes that you usually deal with with your clientele? Uh, well, definitely just the theme of um, stress and overwhelm. Even in Ireland. Now, it, that's not just here in the United States. It's also in Ireland, huh? 
overwhelm and having a busy life and trying to navigate just, I think sometimes the arena that I like to be most in is sort of like help and support people be balanced in the middle of chaos because most people have quite a lot of of chaos going on at the moment. So that's where I like to be. <laughs> in the middle of the chaos. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the chaos. I That's my happy place. That's what I'm here for. Okay, um, so if you can handle the chaos, yeah. then what are some of the challenges or what you view as a challenge in your in your line of work? Ah, that's a good question. Um, so this is sort of coming really from like, um, a personal uh, curiosity is that I feel sometimes people really struggle with how to find their own sense of self. And in the, maybe the insecurity of not knowing the self, then almost comes a, an inability maybe to face some of the problems that life throws at us. So I would say, to sum that up, I would just have an idea that it's an awful lot to do with um, self-esteem and insecurity. That that I've seen a lot of here as well, but I see it more in our teen population as Uh, well as young mothers. And then once again, like when you are going through um, menopause, I'm seeing that in those type of women as well, because the kids have all left. Now they can do whatever they want during the day. It's not dictated by others. Who am I? What, what am I? What do I want in my life? Oh my gosh, I have to start. All my identity is gone. Have you found that as well? Well, yeah, I have found it actually again. Uh, my life experience within that section of life, I feel that. Um, wondering, you know, as your body changes, what's happening? And again, it leads to overwhelm. Uh, we do at the moment in Ireland, we are in the process of a restructuring our educational system. And that genuinely is bringing the teens into a place of not sure if this is going to be okay for us. Actually, the other day I spoke to a 17-year-old who was extremely worried about the restructuring of the education system, which again, agreeing with what you're saying, brought in a huge amount of anxiety and worry and insecurity. So, um, yeah, that definitely plays a part here. Can you describe what your life looks like as a bioenergetic kinesiologist in Ireland? I know you guys just call it kinesiology there, but here in the United States, kinesiology means something completely different. It's even a college um, major that you can take, but it's totally different. So we add the bioenergetic portion of it to differentiate between the two. I know you, you all don't have that, but what, what does your life look like of being a kinesiologist in Ireland? Well, first of all, it's very fulfilling. <laughs> it's great to sort of like be part of running a clinic. Um, can he, we've got a, a little bit of um, 
the biokinesiology aspect here also because of course we have um we have sections of the UK that influence us and sections of course of Europe that influence us so we have like a uh, integration of an awful lot of other disciplines coming into one aspect of let's say kinesiology so to summarize that really we'd have like a kinesiologist like me that specializes in adult mental health. Then you'd have a kinesiologist that would specialize like just in the sports performance. Then we have would have a kinesiologist who also specializes in taking it into a physiotherapy clinic. So we have all different um specialties specialities within the kinesiology section. So um I think is that similar? I'm just curious. Have you got the same within that biokinesiology? I haven't seen that as much. When I'm leading new kids into the field, I ask them, "Do you want to go more like learning disabilities route? Do you want to go more sports routes? Do you want to get more into the emotional psychological?" Um, route of taking classes because I think it really does matter because there's certain modalities that foster to different areas better than others. Like if you're going into the educational route, you may look at leap or you may look at brain integration technique. But if you're going into more of the bio field, you may take a stress indicator point systems approach. So it really, or a Principles of Kinesiology, POK, with Hugo Tobar. So it all depends on where you want to lead. But I have found, I am an exception to the rule, and I know this, but I have found that most people do start with Touch for Health. Touch for Health is a prerequisite to just about everything. So if you ever want to start in this field, Touch for Health is an excellent place to start. There's teachers all over the world. It's not just limited to the United States. Absolutely not. You can take classes anywhere in the world, including Japan, including Ireland, wherever, Costa Rica, doesn't matter. There's usually a Touch for Health teacher somewhere nearby. So I would be a good advocate, seeing how I am the president of the association in the United States, (laughs) actually advocate for my membership that yeah, these are good teachers. Take their classes. You will learn so much from them. And then you can take any other classes that you want because your prerequisite is already met. So um, that's just what I have found. Um, In the United States, that's kind, it's still a little discombobulated here because it's not recognized by the medical community. Is it recognized by the medical community in Ireland? It is, yes, in some parts. In the last few years, I've been sort of working with different organizations that are bringing in and not, you know, all complementary therapies actually are are now starting to be seen as part of the medical unit. I cannot wait until that's the case here. This is more of an alternative um, way of dealing with your issues here in the United States. A lot of people get frustrated with the conventional medicine component of our, of our lives. And they decide that they're going to try something new and something completely different. So here it's usually called alternative health. 
or we on this show call it alternative routes to wellness because it could take many different routes to get there. But I truly believe that we can help people when the, you know, conventional medicine fails them. We can step in and look at what the root of the problem is, get to the root of the problem, balance the body to the root of the problem, and usually the symptoms will go away. Do you find that where you're at as well? Well, actually, I really like uh, that combination. And I do find that there is a place for everything. Absolutely. Yep. And and once we work together to find out, obviously, the client is the expert of their life and taking the lead from them as to what it is that they need. How do we support them to find their way to health and wellness? Yeah. Exactly. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a break here now. Today, we've been talking with bioenergetic kinesiologist Orla Brady. When we return, we will hear some of Orla's stories from the field. Stay tuned. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to The Underground with Kelly Richardson. Have a question for Kelly or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to The Underground. We've been talking with Orla Brady and how she got her start in the bioenergetic kinesiology field. Orla, can you tell us how mental health and bioenergetic kinesiology plays into the body and how they work together? So my my understanding of it is, uh, first of all, uh, during, let's say, for example, a kinesiology session that I would deliver, or biokinesiology that I deliver, uh, we spend maybe about like 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes, where we really have like a conversation and sort of get a little bit of the the story that's important. And we have a supportive chat together to see what uh, the client needs most. 
And then once we sort of have come together and say pinpointed something and the client's ready to jump on the plinth, then we jump on the plinth and we really then uh, start the kinesiology protocol on the focus of what it is that they want to sort of work with. And then either together we'll sort of have a discussion about what's coming up for the body, what they would like to clear out of their system. Or then we can actually, because some of them who are very familiar with kinesiology will just go, well, let's actually freestyle and see what the body's coming up with and what the body wants to release. And I suppose from my somatic experience and uh, training, I like to work very much with sort of the nervous system of the body to help the nervous system really speak to us and what it is that needs regulation in that moment with what's their consideration of that time that they need support with. So it's a a talk-talk opportunity, and then it's a nervous system conversation opportunity, and we bring those both together. That's about how I do my sessions too. I have them sit down at the very first meeting, and we do kind of try to figure out what's the priorities that we're going to be dealing with through just talking to them, letting them tell their story. And I find that things come up when they're talking that they're like, oh, I haven't thought of that for years, you know, and it really helps with the process of balancing the body to the stressors. So in your experience, what happens to the body if the body is experiencing an imbalance how how would you proceed in helping the body get back into balance? Uh, so uh, sometimes uh, in the field that I'm in, the most of, uh, uh, the most of time is real sort of trauma where uh, they're still in that chaos when they leave me. They're still in chaos. So sometimes that perception of balance can be sort of swayed a little tiny bit more into how can you be okay when you leave? What can we do to support you when you leave? And it's about navigating that process of saying, okay, I'm here to support what it is that you need. And sometimes when we're going forward in life and we're really experiencing some trauma and what we really want to do most is just have a sense of what it feels like to recover and know that we're going to be okay. Uh, so they sort of leave maybe not feeling as balanced as uh, somebody who's experiencing less trauma, but they're feeling like that they have got the strength and the courage to continue until they get to where they need to go. And so not- you try to stabilize the body. Stabilize. So that they can continue to process yeah. the work that you've done after they leave. Yeah, and sometimes stabilization could come in the form of it just being a recognized coping mechanism or having a discussion about their support networks, what they've got when they need it. Yeah. So what's your favorite part about doing this work? <laughs> uh, My favorite question to ask. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, well, for me, it's definitely seeing people achieving. 
it's seeing people getting to where they feel like they wanted to get to and feeling good and changing their life the way that they ultimately wanted to, whether that's, you know, one particular time I had a really quiet teenager that found it very difficult to speak out, but kinesiology allowed her, as the years unfolded, to become a professional singer. So sometimes no way. to watch her sing and to watch her sing in front of an audience and the admiration that I have for her because she at times had a really worked through such, um, well, you said it earlier, Kelly, you know, you, you said I love going into my uh, uncomfortable zones, you know. Uh, so it's about really seeing people push through, let's say, their stuckness or their blocks or whatever it is that they feel, getting to achieve what they want. So I think just watching her sing is amazing because I've seen how much hard work she's put in. She rolled her sleeves up, she did the work, and she got on that stage. Wow. I love that. Yeah, I've I've had similar situations and it's almost like you get to sit in the back and just cheer them on and you're like I got to be a part of this I got to be a part of making this happen how cool is that and you know Kelly people are brave you know they're very brave they they do want to move forward you know and I love watching that so do you have someone that was one of your favorite clients or a, a favorite client story that you could tell our audience? Well, so many of them, but definitely one is the professional singer now. I, I think another one is um, a, a client who from a very young age struggled with, you know, an eating disorder and really at few times in her life had really bad episodes of that. And I watched her move into a place of well-being with this eating disorder to recover from it in a way that was very clear, only then to uh, move forward into writing a book about her experience of um, eating disorder. Uh, She was also following on, I suppose, again from something you said earlier, Kelly, is that she did find that the the medical healthcare route didn't support in the way that she needed. When she then uh, got into her own recovery and was became a very resolved adult about it, she then wrote about it. And I know that she certainly helped an awful lot of people have a different perspective on eating disorder. Wow. And, she would also say very much so that uh, kinesiology and her body just were best friends. It really worked for her. Okay, so now I'm going to go to a little bit more of a controversial issue, but I think you're comfortable talking about it. I don't know if our listeners will be okay with this, but since we are talking about mental health issues, have you noticed in your practice any... Um, any times that you've had to deal with entities in balancing the body? Well, in Hugo Tobar's, I uh, can't remember which course, he has a NEF mode, I think, in NET. Was sounded that right? 
So sometimes when that comes up, I run Hugo's program on that. Uh, but also at the same time, what it is that I like to do is just take the perspective of a real expert in that field. And I would possibly forward my client onto somebody who's absolutely expert in that field. So that would, you know, be a shaman that's in the local area that they can start that journey with working that out. But yes, I have experienced it. I have too. And I don't even work with mental health. So to hear, I just assume because I've had um, like teenagers who have tried cutting themselves. Cutting, I always see entities on. I don't know if you do, but when I muscle test, there's always entities. Um, and it's not necessarily a scary thing like everybody would think or what you see in the movies. It's nothing like that. It's like a person's just getting dirty and yeah. you need a shower to wash off the dirt. That's yeah. how I explain it to my clients so that they don't freak out because it doesn't have to be a scary thing. It's just another area that we need to address so that they can reach their maximum potential, in my opinion. Absolutely. I actually love the way you described that. Um, that's really good. I might use that if I have your permission. It's oh, lovely. To, of yeah, course. Lovely to think it's about. More of an oppression, not a possession. Possessions are inside. That's a whole nother monster. We're yeah. just talking about, you know, Klingons that come yeah. and go. You walk into a room, you can feel the vibe in the room. There's, there could be entities in there, you know, uh, but it doesn't have to be this woo-woo scary thing. It's just another thing that we need to address when we're balancing the body. And Absolutely. that usually calms them down. They don't have that fear then because fear's a liar. You know, fear manipulates us and we don't need to live in fear. So um, that's just my take on it, whether it's right or wrong. I don't know, but it works every single time. I so like, I may have to teach a class on that one. Yeah, please. And come on over to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I can teach it in Ireland or you can come over here. I've got a room for you. <laughs> Fabulous. I love having people stay with me. That's, that's the problem. Luckily I married someone uh, that loves it just as much. We had the whole touch for health kinesiology board that came and they stayed in Podunk, Milton, Wisconsin, and we had the best time just collaborating and figuring things out and coming together as a unit. It was so nice. Oh, and we so didn't end up really doing anything. I was going to take them to the restaurant. I didn't take them to the restaurant. I was going to take them out in a boat and it rained. So we didn't go out in a boat. We just sat around and, and, and talked and, you know, you know, threw out some ideas because in a board meeting of a couple hours, once a month, you just can't do that. And yeah. I caught the vision of each and every one of them. And so now we're trying to mash them together. Oh, that sounds fabulous. The next mm -hmm. time I'll, I'll sneak in and we invite. <laughs> you can come to our conference in April. I would love that. Really? I'd never come to Branson, Missouri in April. We're having our, our conference. I'm still, um, I'm still sort of still in the lovely energy we had when we were in Bellingham. Do you remember the giggles and the laughs and the fun that we had? Me giggle, laugh? No. Bumpers. 
And we had lovely time with Ian as well. We had a good few meals out. You know, it is so nice for us all to get together and we really don't do it often enough. That's one thing I know, I see in this field is it's kind of a lonely practice because there's not a whole lot of us and we're usually the only ones in our areas. And in order to see one another, we have to travel to places like Ireland. Oh, darn. <laughs> I had a lovely time when I went to Ireland to see Orla. I we brought my that. daughter Hannah with us and we, I, I learned how, how well college treated her and how well she could keep up with the Irish with drinking. So that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then she comes home and does a full confessional of all of her sins throughout high school because she thought that the statue of limitations had ran out. And so she told me all all the things that she did in high school. And I'm like thinking, These, this surprises me, but you've got nothing on me, honey. <laughs> when I was in high school, it was much worse. And I'm so glad there wasn't, you know, cell phones and Snapchats and things like that. <laughs> I'd probably be in trouble right now. <laughs> I'm probably watching the both of you, you know, mom and daughter, you know, we had such a lovely time driving about and, Mm -hmm. and the three of us getting to know each other and we did actually talk a good bit about kinesiology as well and uh, it was a real pleasure she loves you and your husband she thinks of you as family now absolutely and I know that she would be totally comfortable coming to visit you on her own no problem <laughs> and you know she'd be welcome anytime I know my son had gotten into trouble when he was in France studying abroad. They were having riots over there and he, he was getting ready to leave and come home, but he had to get out early and Orla volunteered for him to come over to Ireland and stay with her. She didn't even know my kid. Oh, absolutely. I was going to the riots calmed down and he was able to get out on his normal flight, but it was a little touch and go there for a, a hot minute. <laughs> so, we have about two minutes left in this section, but do you um, have any tips or tricks that you send home with your clients when they go? Because you were talking about how, you know, a lot of times you identify different um, coping mechanisms that they do. Do you give them any homework when they leave your office? Well, what it is that I ask them to do, and if it feels okay for them to do it at the time is as often as they can in the day, just for a short space of time. And even maybe some of your listeners could try it now to see what it feels like, is I'm just, I get them to say, tune into your system and right now in this moment, just see where it feels good. Just see where it feels good. Could be a toe, could be a shoulder. And you just take your attention, you don't have to do anything else, but find out where it feels good. This good could be inside your body. It could be good just sitting on the sofa. It could be good just really drinking a cup of tea. Just where it feels good.
doesn't matter what chaos is going on in the in the outside world, just for a moment, just a moment where feels good. And then when they're ready, or their environment makes them ready, then they just come back into themselves and get on with what they're doing. So it's just learning to uh, be present yeah, and understand what you're feeling and when you're feeling it and where. And where, because you might be trying to have to put five children to bed. You might be driving to and from school. You might have to have a meeting at the school. You know, just for a split second, just take your attention to where it feels good. Well, we're going to go to a break right now. And you've been listening to The Underground with Kelly Richardson. We've been talking with bioenergetic kinesiologist Orla Brady on her experiences in the field. Stay tuned for the conclusion of The Underground. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Are you tired of feeling powerless over food? Do you obsess over every bite? Dr. Nina is here to help you identify your hidden triggers, stop emotional eating, and create permanent, sustainable weight loss. No more diets and no more deprivation. Learn how to live a life of freedom, joy, and happiness while still enjoying the food you love. Join Dr. Nina as she shares her expertise on how to outsmart emotional eating and live your best life on The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Thursdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to The Underground with Kelly Richardson. Have a question for Kelly or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to The Underground. Today we've been talking with bioenergetic kinesiologist Orla Brady. I'm your host, Kelly Richardson. Orla, what has been the greatest impact that bioenergetic kinesiology has had on you personally in your life? Mm. Told I, you this is my favorite section. Yeah, I love it. Um, I loads of feel like uh kinesiology was the process that helped me learn about myself 
Mm. I found out sort of who I was and uh, each, let's say, life experience that I met, I always had kinesiology there to help me navigate myself out of it. Almost just like being a little bit of a mirror, allowing a mirror to be there so that I can sort of watch how I'm unfolding, what's happening for me and where it is that I want to go. So I've had some very powerful kinesiologists, lucky enough to have very powerful kinesiologists, really good sessions with them. And I just continue to uh, be a kinesiology client. Oh, yeah, for sure. We all have to get work done on ourselves and sometimes we can't see it or sometimes we're just too close to the issues to see it and we need a different perspective so yeah i i ask for help as well when and i need also, it also i think i i was very lucky as well because i had kinesiologists there that were very good at um you know really pushing really sort of challenging me you know, almost as if they had got to know who I was as well, quietly. They heard uh, uh, what my dreams were and what my goals were. And nearly in the way they they blended in with kinesiology and the protocols to help me really find out me. So I so think do, that's... Do you also tend to work on yourself as well as allowing others to work on you? I do work a lot on myself, uh, and but I would, I would very much use the somatic experience in on myself. You know, I'd really sort of like take a bit of time, sit down and tune in with my felt sense about things. And then obviously then once I'd sort of, uh, come into myself with an understanding on a situation then yes I would go into self-testing to see how could I support my body uh, moving forward mm. I think if we don't maintain ourselves it's really hard for us to maintain our clientele so I know that y you were just mentioning during the break about you know, I got, I've, I've lost my mom this year and I lost my father-in-law this year. And there was a lot, a lot of times where I had to just take a few moments, work on myself. I just couldn't keep going. I had to work on myself because the coping mechanisms were starting to show themselves like work, 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 work is one of my coping mechanisms where I just overwork. And that's not, always a healthy thing to be doing. So to slow down, to reflect and look at what's going on with me and work on my body, work on my psyche and make sure that I'm stable so that I can help others. Because I think a lot of times, especially as females, we forget to take care of us. And if we're not taking care of us, we won't be able to take care of others. So, um, you saying that really, yeah, I did have a lot of losses this year and I wasn't really thinking of it recently because that was back in June, but yeah, it, it, it does make a difference for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And also it, it just gives us the understanding that there are things that just are going to take time. You know, grief takes time, loss takes mm -hmm. time. 
And during that process, that idea of the self-care, really minding yourself as you're recovering. Because sometimes, uh, well, for me, sometimes recovery can be having three days of feeling very angry. You know, there's a, a mesh of stuff that likes to move about and wants to leave the body as we are recovering. You know, and I like to see recovery as being there aren't so many rules to recovery. It's more about allowing yourself, giving yourself the grace and the time to process what you need to. And I think with grief, it's also, it comes in layers or, you know, in seasons. And it's not like you just, it's a one and done where you deal with it. I'm good. I've already dealt with that in my life. No, there's different layers to it. And you have to clear off that layer so that you can see the next layer to deal with. And it could be anything from, you know, you don't have a safety net in your parents anymore. That was a big one. Like, who do you go to to bounce your business ideas off of? That was always my dad. He's not there. So who am I going to go to now? You know, so um, I think it's important to give yourself the time to grieve. But then also in my case, come up with another plan, like who you still need that in your life and your guy isn't there. So who's going to become your guy or your, your group. And for me, it turned into a bunch of business ladies that I go to and we talk totally different perspective from male to female. So I might have to get some guys in there at some point, but right now it's a group of female women that are in business that can spur me on and encourage me or call me crazy when I need to be called crazy. (laughs) You find your tribe. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my tribe is huge. Mm. Like all over, you're part of the tribe, you know, (laughs) that's why we can get along. That's why we laugh because you challenge me. You push me outside my comfort zone. Nobody wants to be pushed outside their comfort zone, but that's where we find growth. So that's for me this year, what's been going on is doing the things that scare you, doing it every single day, doing something that normally you'd be like, no, I just want to stay in my comfort zone. You know, no, get out there, take a chance. If you fail, at least then, you know, you won't play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game. Keep moving forward. Yeah. So in that vein of Keeping moving forward, where do you see bioenergetic kinesiology going in the next five years? Five or well, ten years? Well, well, my goal for it is uh, going back to, again to a conversation in between Ireland and the UK. I am um, continue to teach um, post qualification courses to kinesiologists to help them feel more comfortable working with unregulated emotion. Because, the, again, the um, sort of like the medical side of things, the healthcare doesn't has a waiting list of whatever length of time. And a lot of the time, some therapists feel a little bit uncomfortable working with unregulated emotion. So for me, I am staying quite committed to making sure that uh, I support therapists that want to sort of expand into the arena of unregulated emotions and feel comfortable in that and be available to be, you know, a supervision option for them if they need support. 
And I feel like what we've got now is uh, our healthcare needing to take on complementary therapy so that they can just get ahead of their waiting lists. And we've got some fabulous kinesiologists out there that are just ready to take up posts and be of service and do what they need to be. So I would like to see in the next five or 10 years, and I believe it will happen. And I think you and I again have spoken about this before. I do think that people are beginning to veer into areas where maybe before they wouldn't have been allowed um, to go into. Because I remember when I started kinesiology, I had to explain to everybody what this was. Whereas now you do hear people talking about kinesiology and I've had a session and it, this is how it worked for me so we are growing we are expanding I feel we're getting bigger and we are prepared to work in more difficult arenas uh, that's where I think or feel the next five or ten years will go would you see that we become more um, working in a partnership with the medical community yes to well, ease the burden Yes, thankfully that has started now in areas of the north of Ireland, Belfast and Derry. And I'm really blessed to be part of that. And that's what I've been actually doing. Again, you and I chatted about that for a while too. Um, so they have started to mesh it. You know, it's coming together. Wow. Uh, yeah. Ireland's not ahead of, the, of America for sure, because we're not quite there yet. Well, do you know what I think actually happened, Kelly, was... We always had, in the north part of Ireland, we always had um, free healthcare. And now we don't. We're basically, it's been changed. So there's oh. a really big restructuring happening. So people are really sort of being pushed to look in different areas. So that's what's been happening. That's interesting because here we don't have free healthcare for a majority of us. And one of the first questions I always get is, is this covered under insurance? Mm -hmm. And none of us want it to be covered under insurance because you have to charge like three times what you would normally, because you have to hire a front desk worker to just submit all the forms to get the money for the services. And it takes a lot longer. And sometimes you don't even get it if they deny the coverage. So um, for me, it's just cash-based anyway. But um, here, you know, there is starting to be a wait. We don't usually have the wait times to go see medical people like you all do. Um, we usually have to wait, you know, maybe a week or two at the most. Um, if you're doing something like in the neuropsych field, you have to wait many, many, many months. So I do see it in that field when they're looking for a diagnosis for their child for learning disabilities or something like that. We're at 18 months. 18 months to see a doctor? Yeah, it, 18 months to see a psychologist. Oh my. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot more mm -hmm. than what I even thought. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I guess we don't have it that bad here, but it usually takes quite a few months to get in to see a psychologist. So there's a need there. There's definitely a need and this can fill a need in an area that is absolutely overwhelmed. 
I mean, since COVID, there's been such an uptick in kids with um, depression and the ability not to be able to go to school or social anxiety and all the things because they haven't been exposed to people for so long. So um, they're also seeing it in the speech therapy field because they wore masks and these kids don't know how to form formulate the sounds because they weren't able to see it. Um, that's a whole nother discussion, but we're here for mental health. <laughs> and we do see a lot of that out of COVID. You know, it's, it's so important even just to acknowledge it, you know, even just to say this is what's actually happening. Right. Yeah. Right. So you know, what is the coolest thing that you've been able to be a part of by doing this work? Uh, the coolest thing is to have taught uh, kinesiologists and they run full-time clinics. Successful full-time clinics. Yes, me yeah. too. I love to see people prosper in this field and make it a career because we're going to be able to help more people yes. and that they're sustaining themselves. They make enough to make it worth it for them to quit their other jobs and do this full time. Yes. I, <laughs> yes. I've yes. not heard anybody else say that answer. I mean, I've heard, you know, roundabout, but that's exactly my thing too. And, and uh, one particular, uh, a while ago, I think the best sentence I ever heard from one of my students who I kept in regular contact with because she had lots of questions. And then when she started her clinic, I contacted her about something I needed to ask her. And she texts to say, I can't speak to you until tomorrow of a full day at clinic. And I was just so happy. You know, when you have a visceral response of joy and it was the best thing ever. I'm like, yes, this is what I'm here for. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to bring to the Tetra Health Kinesiology Association as well as, I mean, they're very good at community and things like that. But I think I can bring my business sense to this and help people get a return on their investment for being members or return on their investment for all the money they spend learning these things. It, it's not cheap to learn this. No. And you usually have to travel Oh, darn. <laughs> oh, darn. Yes, in the world. And meet lovely people. Learn this <laughs> because there's so few teachers, yeah. so few teachers. And you want to learn from those who are successful or those who actually have created it, like Ian Stubbings created, you know, SIPs and all of that. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with you. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> it's fabulous. Two yeah. peas in a pod, I guess. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> well, we've been talking with bioenergetic kinesiologist Orla Brady today. And Orla, how can our listeners contact you if they want to get in touch? Well, if they want to drop me a little email, I'm um, Orla Brady Therapies at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a website. I just work emails. <laughs> That's all you need because you're so good at what you do. <laughs> I can so, be reached at kellyrichardson.us or you can email us at the office at richardsoncenter at outlook.com or you can also call the office at 608-563-5202.
Next week, we will be talking about how bioenergetic kinesiology can help those with behavioral issues. Join us next Thursday at noon central time for The Underground. Thanks, Orla, for joining us today. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of The Underground with Kelly Richardson. We hope you have learned something you can apply to your own life. For more information, contact www.kellyrichardson.us. Until we talk again, have a wonderful week.